Hi and welcome to the Spin & Co podcast, where every episode will take you behind the spin on what it's like to work and run one of Australia's leading brand agencies. From marketing to PR and digital, we'll talk about it all. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We're talking James Charles and his Australian promotional tour on this episode. Uh, probably likely that we're going to do a few different parts to the uh, this, I guess, series, we'll call it. But on the podcast, I thought it would be interesting for us to have a chat about, you know, how the tour is coming together. Basically, um, this is pre-tour at the moment. We're in the planning phases. We've just received sign-off. So just to give you, I guess, some more information about it, uh, James Charles is a male beauty blogger um, and we are staging his first ever Australian tour. So uh, to, by way of introduction, we've got Courtney with us today. Hello. And we have Maggie who works on events for Spinnaker here as well. Hello. So we're just sort of having, a, I guess, a general chat around just to give you insight into what it's like when we start to put together these tours. It's very rough at the moment because um, we're searching for you know, different venues and, and whatnot. And I guess we see a lot of, um, in this early stages, um, I guess difficulty because when we are staging something of this magnitude, seating can be an issue. Uh, you know, how many people are we looking to house? And I mean, from a venue perspective, Maggie, you can probably tell us that, or you can probably talk about the fact that, you know, it's hard to find venues. We're still struggling to an extent. Well, considering the numbers that we're, we're talking um, it is hard to find and uh, the time when we're going to have at James here, it's right in the middle of wedding season. And like the wedding thing is BS to me because like we got a price back from one of the venues, didn't we? And what was, it was ridiculous. What was it again? 36,000. Wasn't that for half the room? That was for a quarter of the room. <laughs> F off. But we got also got another that. one for 60,000 and, and that Six, was 60,000. Can I say that? No, we probably shouldn't. Holy Jesus. The bloody opera house. That's that's what they say the current rate is. This is in Melbourne for weddings. Yeah, for the whole thing with the dress. (laughs) Yeah, 60,000. Holy jeez. Wow. Okay, well, there you go. We're not going to that venue. When you come, so you'll know that we've not paid 60000 for the venue. <laughs> oh, my God. So venue is obviously the first stage of um, what we sort of explore. And I guess while we were leading up to the finalisation of the contract, so I guess to give a little bit of a backstory, but not to bore you, um, we've been exploring for a client of ours, um, bringing talent into the country. A lot of clients hire us to hire talent, whether that be influencers, celebrities, etc. And we negotiate a lot of those deals. Sometimes when we're putting together partnerships, it's difficult to get international talent to come to do an appearance because by the time you spend a lot of money on expenses, it's kind of the budget's blown. So on very select occasions, we uh, look to bring someone into the country and two of them and then they can do additional appearances because they're already in country. James is one of those examples, which is very exciting. Um, He has an enormous fan base online and I mean, for for a lot of people, I guess it's a bit different to think of a male beauty blogger um, because, you know, men wearing makeup, I guess, isn't something that some people might be used to. It's very 2018 thing, I think we would call it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a very exciting tour to sort of be a part. I mean, I haven't, um, I wasn't hugely familiar with his work through YouTube myself, but um, I mean, I think Maggie, do you, you watch him, you watch his YouTube I channel? I do, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's phenomenal. I mean, he's you know just amazing the work that he does. So we're really looking forward to him coming and seeing what he can show us. Yeah, definitely. And it's a masterclass too. So mm. he'll come and he'll show the audience different tips and tricks. And I mean, certainly from my perspective, I mean, his um, like the way his makeup is done, like it's flawless. 
Yeah, he is very talented, not only in the traditional makeup sense, but also he does a lot of sort of artistry with his makeup, which, you know, probably he won't go into too much, but it does show you his skill level and he's very talented. And so young. Yeah, really, really young. And I, look, I'm not a big beauty blogger person myself. Um, I don't watch a lot of or consume Where a lot of YouTube content. Where do you learn how to content. put your makeup on, Sam? Um, yeah, <laughs> look, it's all just ingrained. Um, yeah, I don't watch a lot of that content myself, but as I understand it from um, from mostly from Courtney and from the people in the office, he's quite um, dedicated, if you will, into learning and, and trying new things. I mean, one of his videos the other day was, on um, Hollywood Boulevard asking people to do his makeup, which is quite risky. Yeah, he's always coming up with new um, ways to do his videos. And Mm. a lot at the moment, especially the big bloggers, they just do the same thing every week. Here are my favourites. Here's this warm coloured look and here's my empties or whatever it is. Which you can do in your your house, like in their beauty room or in their safe space and whatnot. Because, I mean, a lot of them struggle with anxiety and whatnot. So there's obviously precipitating factors. But I think it is interesting to see. Is that Do you have like a... Is there a favourite video of his that you've watched that you think is quite impressive, either of you? I don't know, if, Maggie, if you've seen any in particular that you think Well, is... I think just of late he's done one that um, he has his mum and dad doing his makeup. Um, oh, one right. side of his face his dad does and the other side his mum does. So I think that's quite How entertaining. How did they go? Well, it was amazing that, you know, the dad not knowing much about the really? makeup still was quite good, I thought, yeah. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, so it's one to look out for and, you know, just see, you know, he's obviously discussed with them some sort of technique. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the pressure, knowing how, I mean, it's three point something million subscribers. I think the pressure mm. would be on and so that you would therefore maybe do some research before. I mean, I feel like Courtney just, you did, you had dad do your voiceover and I feel like he was doing research, sneaky research before. (laughs) He might have been, but I, you know, dad watches a lot of my YouTube videos just to support me anyway. So he picks up a lot from there and they would obviously, the dad was even quoting videos from like years ago that he remembered. And so I think they watch his content all the time. But the kind of videos that, you know, I have stood out in my mind is he did one with like this white dripping kind of look and that was really cool. He like a heat wave kind of. Look yeah. as well. Look like what's the like, heat wave was in, yeah heat wave was incredible. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was. Um, he also did some content where he recreates his fans looks yep. and like gives them a shout out. One thing that he also does is at the end of every video he shouts out one of his fans, gives them like the handle to everybody. Yeah, right. He just is always giving back to his fans, which is what I love. And every I think it's Friday or Sunday, I can't remember now. It's on Sunday. his yeah Sunday on his Insta story, he lets one of his followers take over his Insta story and they do a look on his Insta story. And that to me is quite interesting because the, that content would perform badly. Straight up, it would do badly. You'd get a lot of swipe-ons. People wouldn't want to watch a, a stranger. Like uh, it would do better than on their own channel, the person that's being featured. But it is a risk from a, a creator's perspective because obviously you only want to post content that's high performing and whatnot. And when something you know, like that, to continue to do it every single week is probably quite a testament to his dedication, like you and said. And a lot of big YouTubers, they will regularly thank their fans. They do competitions to give back or to grow their following, all yep. that kind of stuff. But I think he's probably one of the only ones that actually does something tangible that yep. actually shows like I'm giving up my following to sh- like, you know, I'm lending you my power to extend your power. It's like yeah, really is like a sisterhood that he calls it. And I think it is true. And you can see how appreciative his he, of his fans and the support that they give him. Pretty incredible, isn't it? So, I mean, you know, that's a little bit of it, I guess, about him. Obviously, you can, you can Google and, and find out more about him. But from a tour logistics perspective, so... Basically, um, he'll be uh, coming to a few locations. He'll be starting the tour on the 19th of May at Pacific Fair on the Gold Coast, which is a completely free show. It's his only free show on the tour. So you can go there and you can um, hear a Q&A from him. Um, you know, he'll be talking all of his best tips and tricks from stage and then you'll have the opportunity or the first 
you know, first to be determined as number of people. As many people as we can get through. <laughs> um, we'll be able to get line. a photo with him, which is exciting. Then, um, and from a logistics perspective, if it's, if, if it's of interest anyway, um, part of our team will then split and fly on with James to Melbourne where he'll host his second show. Some of our team uh, will stay behind in order to continue to operate Beauty Weekend at Pacific Fair um, because Pacific Fair and AMP Capital is a client of the agency. Then uh, from Melbourne, we'll, uh, we, he's got his birthday midweek and there's a few other bits and pieces going on. And then we've got another show which is happening on Saturday, which is in Sydney, um, which is exciting. So yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot happening with the shows. Um, he's super excited to be coming, which is fantastic. You know, in the communications I've had with him, he's been very um, complimentary of Australia and what he's heard about Australia, which is really, I think, good. I mean, we always have a good uh, rapport, I think, out of the country. So that's good. But it's logistically, it's quite difficult. I mean, you know, we're now pulling together, you know, reaching out to beauty brands who want to work with the the tour, who want to supply products to the tour, etc. And I mean, Maggie, do you know how many people we've got on our list that we're trying to contact? It's it's hundreds or something. About 300 at the moment. Yeah. So it's, it's, and building. I yeah, mean, it's, beauty's a big industry, isn't it? So. Yeah. So, you know, um, Maggie's leading the, the team in coordinating who those people will be and then we've got people who are working on getting contact details and reaching out and then somebody else, you know, Maggie can take it back over and explore, you know, how we can work with these beauty brands to give them additional exposure through James and through the tour, et cetera, because we're expecting, you know, thousands of people for this tour to touch, which is obviously very exciting. So, I mean, this is, like I said, it's still the early days of the tour and whatnot and we're still, you know, working everything out from merch to logistics. You know, we're assessing based on previous experience what staffing we'll have on the ground at each show, who will be from um, from our team and who will be coming in from, uh, you know, external suppliers that we'll bring in to help us through staffing, et cetera, and security. So that's sort of, um, you know, that's sort of that side of it, which is those logistics and, and bits and pieces. But I mean, from our previous experience, it's, it's less of the big thinking stuff that I think is usually the problem. It's usually the small stuff. It always is the small stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, is. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Those little things you think, oh, yeah, we needed that. <laughs> yeah, and it's usually the day, like when you're going through airport security and they take all the tape off you. Yeah, and you're like, oh, we can't have a gap of tape <laughs> I remember. on the plane. <laughs> but you remember. Some of us got it through, though. Some, yeah, of, us some, got through, some of us didn't get stopped by security. Some of us didn't get through. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days where if... I think it was, I, I was no status or anything back then. So when we did that that large show that we previously worked on, someone went through the priority in Melbourne and someone didn't. I was going through the non. And I think David was going through the priority and he got through with it all and I didn't. I got caught and you got caught. And I, I got caught, caught, took everything oh. off me as if I was a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And like you've, they, because it was as if you could tie up the, hostesses and whatnot. Because <laughs> I was like, what do you want my tape for? Why do you care? I can't kill anyone with tape. And they're like, well, Anyway, so it's But then we know, also know one of our client's partners got through. He's been getting through with a bloody knife for years and didn't oh, realise it was on the side of his bag. No, flew out of the, the Gold Coast airport, got a knife through, not through as in he was aware. It was a bag that he hadn't used in some time and it was uh, hidden in the bag. And then um, he came back through Sydney and Sydney was like, excuse me, this is a giant knife. And he was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's in there. Even worse, I brought it with me today <laughs> from the Gold Coast. Anyway, I hope there's no one from that department listening. Um, yeah, so this is just sort of, I guess, a general update. Hopefully we'll have another episode um, whether or not we put this together and it's you listen to it in one stream or whatever. But yeah. um, At I the think moment it's, we're just in the planning phase. It's just all about trying to figure out all the moving pieces. Very much um, so. And then once the tickets start to sell, we can start locking in more specific things with size and everything. 
Yeah, definitely. Like how much merch we're going to need, how many staff we're going to need. Yeah. At the moment we can assume, but you just never know. Yeah. One of our previous tours we thought would do well, we didn't realise that it was like some kind of a crazy cult following and it was just crazy. Yeah. And it's hard as well. I mean, especially when you're negotiating commercials, which is obviously what I have to do, um, there's no way of getting an idea. Most of the time it's people who've not been to the country before or who are new to the country um, or some of them have never toured ever before full stop. Like they've yeah. never been on tour. And so you, we don't know. <laughs> Will people want to come along? Will they? And obviously James has the most phenomenal fan base, but you know sometimes it's different converting a fan base into someone, you know, whether or not they're a big enough fan to purchase and come along. Yeah, and then also we know we know that he has traction in America. We've seen meet and greets before that he's done there that were not paid but just him showing up and there were thousands of people. We just don't know how it's going to work in Australia though. You just never know. You've just no. got to assume that that translates. We know Australians are big on beauty bloggers. We, we've seen that with other beauty bloggers that have come to the country. We've seen it with Australian beauty bloggers that Australians do get behind their YouTube faves. Um, but, you know, you just never know with James. Yeah, and also it's um, YouTube has a very interesting way of influencing influence. Um, I don't know if we can say that, but YouTube garners such an unbelievable um, audience. You know, people are very particular the way that they consume their media. And when you consume it through YouTube, you've got such a close following to people. I mean, um, you know, Maggie, how many people would you follow on, on YouTube that you regularly watch, would you think? Oh, I can't even count. So many. But is it like 10 or is it like 30 or is it 50? It'll be more than 50. It'll be more than <laughs> oh, 50. Oh, there's lots. I mean, I, I use, I, yeah, just that's, I love to watch them. And it, what, isn't it fascinating now? Like, I mean, you've got a new television and on it, it's got the, oh. the, you know, the button that you can click. That's right, the YouTube just brings you direct there. There's no messing around. Yeah. <laughs> See, whereas for me, there's probably only five YouTubers that I watch religiously, but then I'm probably subscribed to about 30 to 50. But yeah. what I find is that, you know, obviously this is not video, but um, Maggie is, you know, older than Courtney and, you know, comes from a time when TV was TV. It was free to air. The idea of paid for Foxtel and whatnot was a mm. new, you know, iteration. Absolutely, yeah. And Netflix is then another new oh, iteration. Oh, and it's so great. <laughs> I love it. But do you think YouTube, it's almost the new free to air? Yeah, it is. The idea yeah. that you're sitting there and watching it on a TV. Oh, you know, amazing. Because you used to watch it on an iPad. I used to watch it on an iPad. It's actually shocking, the quality close up. You're like, oh, maybe their well, skin the first isn't time, as good as what right, I thought it was. Because the TV's just a new thing. They and do so have pause. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. The difference is just astounding. Well, because you, yeah. YouTube is filmed, like a lot of these bloggers, they film in high, high definition. It's so mm. easy to film in high def out yeah. of your room now. But on a phone, you're not seeing the full quality. No. And then all of a sudden it's on a TV. It's perfect, perfectly crisp, just like a normal television well, show. Well, the iPad's yeah. like, so small Whoa. and then the TV's so big. Um, 100%. Oh, and also absolutely. the iPad that you were using, not to get technical, but the, the DPI on it, like the actual resolution of the screen, it pales in comparison to the television you're watching exactly. it on. It's yeah. not even close. And so, but I just find it incredible that you sit there with a remote and you press on a television YouTube and you're watching it as if it is free to air, like oh, it's this whole it's other network that, yeah. that's it is, yeah. virtually crippled the free to air yeah. providers. Exactly. Because uh, well, I find that I watch um, YouTube way more than TV. Well, it is 100%. like that. YouTubers now are becoming the, the celebrities of this generation. You know, oh, what I and, mean? and I think that that's almost another discussion that the, the how that fandom has developed. And you now, know, for thirteen-year-olds saw Meryl Streep, they'd think nothing of it. But then, if 100%. they saw Zoella, can you imagine? But, and then, the, and the difference really is, and, and part of why this fandom is so big, and why they're such dedicated fans when they're really young. I think that it, you've, the problem you've got is that the younger fans, this is their a hundred percent consumption is YouTube. 
It's yeah. not split like we are, like where you're watching a Married at First Sight episode, some free to air, some Foxtel, some YouTube, some yeah. movies. It is exclusively YouTube all day, every that's all they watch. And so for them, they've grown up with and have matured with this talent. You know what I mean? And it's a never ending TV show. And it's not mm. it's it's not that awkward moment. Well, I mean, I've never experienced it, I guess, but it's not that awkward moment that you would have seen a TV star and it's like, I don't know this TV star because they've been acting. Yeah. You're meeting them in the middle of, you've been watching their life. <laughs> that's not, right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, their it's life. Like, oh my God, you just broke up. Are you yeah. okay? <laughs> it's like it's, and, and I mean, I think that's part of like the anxiety comes because it must be so weird. And I, I call People big, do feel like they know them when you yeah. see them meet people on Snapchat Which is and fair. stuff. Yeah. But, and to me, it's the, um, it's, I call it the big brother effect where when you, and genuine big brother, not celebrity big brother, when you go in as a no, as a, as a normal person, no one knows who you are, but your family and friends. Then you are on this TV show. Nothing changes for you because you feel like you're just in a fish tank. Then you come out and for two, three, four months, you can't go and get milk. Yeah. Because it's four hours. It's the hours. same thing with mm. The Bachelor, all of those shows. Yeah. They're in a bubble when they're filming and then when it comes, even with Married at First Sight, you know, they're yeah. in this experiment. They don't realise a few months later, everyone hates Dean because of one, the things he said, two, yep. it may have been edited in a certain way. You can't take back what he's saying, but you know, there did. are certain he. But when he's experiencing it, you can't see that he's shocked or thinking that he's that bad. Now, when you see him in interviews, he's yeah. like, "Oh shit, I really came across bad, but didn't realize that at the time." You know? Yeah, but I mean, like, is, is that not though? Like, there would be a lot of people out there who don't realize what a wanker they are until there's a camera pointed. I mean, at them that's for true, but hours. we could also do a whole series on Married at First Sight, guys. Well, are we joking <laughs> Let's about do having that. it? Let's <laughs> we talked about a podcast <laughs> just about that because I feel like there'd be enough. But um, yeah, it's, to me, the whole thing is just fascinating that like that's the content they consume all day, every day. Yeah. And what I think the future will be interesting because we talked about James being you know quite innovative in the way that he approaches a lot of the stuff. But you think that a TV show like Big Brother costs. 16 to 20 million dollars a season in Australia when it ran because of how many people are involved in and, and keep in mind that's television that's unscripted do you know what I mean that's that's not having to spend money on writers and yeah, people to exactly. come up with stuff you think these YouTubers are a one person they come up with the concepts they film the concept they edit the concept they distribute the concept you know yeah. and even it's funny actually on uh, a video of James's the other day he almost seemed not reticent but he was announcing that he was going to hire a videographer and he almost seemed like he didn't want to be or saying it's it. it's so taboo in the YouTube industry to have yeah. an editor, a videographer that's not your husband or your boyfriend. Which to me is fascinating because it's the new television. Yeah, no, it's a really big deal. And if you don't disclose that someone else is editing your content, people go crazy. I don't see. I, that's like Jacqueline just that. hired someone no. to film hers and edit hers too. But they just got too much on; they can't be doing that. And I 100%. would rather see more videos. I was going to say it's and scale. Think you know what? They didn't edit it. I don't really care. It's literally scale. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's it's not dissimilar to running a business. You can't do everything yourself. You literally but get to a point. What where seems to be okay is if they know the editor or the. So, for instance, Jesse Perkins, her husband occasionally will edit her videos. He films all of hers, but he's a known quantity. You're, he's in a lot of her things, and so it's like. Like part of the team, people know it. They don't think, oh, it's this professional outsider. So they strange. seem okay with do it. Do you think that the actual concept is that they're annoyed about that or do you think just generally speaking they don't like the deception that they think they know the person but they don't? I have no idea. I don't like. I, I, don't I, I understand. It. Editing doesn't change what they say no, on but camera. That's right. so but I don't hang on a minute. Both of you have, have like grown up in a free-to-air environment yeah. in watching TV shows that are produced. We know yeah. they're produced. People playing roles that are not them. We're talking about a generation who has grown up 
only thinking that they're watching this person in a Truman Project style situation that do they feel deceived in that like, I don't care what you're doing, but I felt like I know you and now I don't feel like I know you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's I think if the like, person's yeah. putting themselves out there, it's like, oh, I'm editing today oh, and totally. then they're not, sure. But I think the difference with television is that, you know, reality TV, is that it's edited in a way that the person that's being viewed cannot control, whereas like the YouTuber would approve the video. Surely well, they're the not question. manipulating the way it's being if edited. If it came out and... I, I use that scarcely because let's be honest, but if it came out that the Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians was not scripted but staged to a certain extent. Would, I'd be like, why didn't everyone already know that? Yes, but you're, <laughs> uh, you're also seeing they go, why they bother they have an editor. Do you think that the world would be offended by that at the same degree they're offended by these people? I mean, haven't we seen many times examples of how the Kardashians are staged? I mean, well, yes. wearing outfits one day that they see on screen, and then three months later, it's a different outfit again. But it was at the same time period, and you know the tabloids have put it all together. I mean, for me, when I watch reality shows, I think the scenarios are staged. But if I heard that it was scripted, that would be upsetting to me. Like the hills, and they claim that one says that was yeah. But to me, the reality shows that I like the most are usually ones where I know they've put them all in a room to probably fight. Yeah. They've, they've put contrived this scenario, but they haven't controlled what they're saying. What said, yeah. They've just put them in the circumstances to be, you know, fighting or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know that the Kardashians probably sit down and be like, what's this, the thread this week? Of course, they're like, oh, well, we'll have a yeah, homeless guy around the corner and we'll give him a makeover. I'm sure that wasn't like genuinely they just yeah, walked yeah, yeah, past a homeless guy. But her interaction with him, I would, I'd be upset to think that yeah. that was scripted. If tomorrow, I do, wait, I do understand there would be certain things that they publicly, you know, about Chris's divorce oh, with course. Chris Humphreys, there would be statements that they would have drawn up. That kind oh, of stuff is fine. That's different. So if tomorrow, if we classify them in three ways, I'm, I'm going to merge free-to-air and Foxtel and whatnot into one category. If tomorrow it was free-to-air Foxtel, uh, Netflix or YouTube, and you could only keep one, the rest of them you didn't have access to, what YouTube. would you keep? You, you would keep absolutely, YouTube. Absolutely. Why? I just feel um, that's the person. It's to me, it's it's real because they they're just laying it out there. They're saying it the oh, way it is. That's the day to day. I mean, obviously, I like you know TV stars, but if I had to make a choice, I would definitely go YouTube. Because there's more that's variety probably, too. I probably use more of my viewing time would be. I would say eighty percent would be YouTube now. Now that I've got the TV with that, I can yeah. put it on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's certainly that's and for a, someone my age. I was group, say, that's a surprising statistic from yeah. someone at your age. Yeah, it is. And Courtney, you're choosing Netflix. 100% Netflix. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. Now, see, um, no. I actually think I'd go to Stan. Would you? <laughs> I mean, I like, if we're saying Sorry, like I mean, a, yeah, like. That's, uh, I think, where I would lean. The, the download. Really? Well, not, kind of I watch thing. nothing on YouTube. Sorry, that's a lie. I, I watch very, James. very little. <laughs> you know, I'll consume, for work purposes, I'll consume yeah. that. I like to watch, you know, some researchy type stuff. Occasionally I'll go there. It's funny, actually, we were setting this very studio up and I used a YouTube video as a demonstration about some of the placement of these noise pl- uh, things that we've got up in the room. Um, more of that. I've used it before, how to tie a tie. <laughs> so I'm really yeah, I use it for a lot of how-to you know, kind of videos how too. To. Well, YouTube is the second largest search engine on it. But I don't buy a beauty product unless I know that my favourite beauty YouTuber has given me the go-ahead. So they are influencing your dream. Oh, of course. So there's I no chance. Absolutely. My favourite no, beauty blogger same. has said this is bad. There's no chance I would so try I'm it. If they haven't and I know that, that there's, new things, there's new things coming out because yeah, they're no, telling us and how to apply them and how to use them and how they wear. I'm not influenced by YouTube or any of those things, but like just recently I was at David Jones and the lady 
I had a personal connection to the lady at the Lemur counter and so she pulled me over and then she gave me these samples. And as I got the samples and she walked me through how to use the stuff and I really didn't pay enough attention, which is shocking for I mean, me. It shouldn't be that complicated. It's cream though, it's shouldn't not, it? No, it's complicated. So because it can't, <laughs> the, cre- the creme de la mer, what the hell it's called, because it's this like fancy from, you know, some bullshit in the sea or whatever, who knows? Because <laughs> it's that, you've got to take it out with the spatula, not your finger because it'll ruin everything. With the well, spatula. that's standard of the beauty industry. Whatever. And you then you put, put it on germs. your finger and then you need to rub it between your fingers to warm it. Yeah, create the heat. That's standard. Then it activates the ingredients, then you wait, but then you can't rub. It must be packed. Yeah, I mean, that's oh. all standard. If you talk to any skincare specialist, they would say all of that, but people just don't do it. But if oh, you're paying $2,000 for a cream, cream you want like, a session. Oh, my God, you it's want a so annoying. So anyway, so I did that. I mean, patterning is usually big for the under eye And went like, how again? Oh, okay. And just to watch if anyone oh, else okay, did yeah. it. So, but again, I but I don't watch, I don't consume any content where someone said to me, the creme de la mer. The only reason I know about la mer is from Kim. Okay, yeah. Kim's. I've seen Kim post it all the time. But I um, think that they're giving you the exposure to the product. I mean, obviously at the end of the day, it's your own decision, but you get to actually see it being used yeah. and, you know, the application. Because I must admit, I, I actually... Having been in David Jones at Pacific Fair fourteen million times, I know Lemur is there, but I could n- I would never have identified Lemur as a brand I knew or had anything to do with until I saw Kim post it. And then I thought, I wonder what that is, and I looked at the price because I thought oh, I could try this. Holy Jesus! <laughs> and you use Tom Ford, which is already I use Tom Ford, which is already overpriced. Let me tell you, that is a whole new level of overpriced. One of the creams is almost three thousand dollars. Three thousand dollars. Caviar. <laughs> What was it? This no, it was like holy. Like, is what it is working? happening? Well, I look at my face. I have no idea. Today, I'm wearing the um, the mattifying moisturizer, which I wear during the day, and at night, I use their special three thousand. Well, the mattifying moisturizer is working because it's no doing worry. okay, I think. But I wouldn't say it's, it's doing, doing fine. But is it any better than the Nivea? You know what I mean? Like, that's what you got to compare. Well, I I already use now just because my facialist. I use um, ultraceuticals, and that mattifying one comes with an SPF which this one is not an SPF. Well, SPF for daytime is essential. Exactly. So I'm a bit lost on the mattifying one. What I do think has happened with the creme de la mer one, the, the miracle cream they call it, with that I actually think it's helped the pigmentation in my face. Oh, really? But I don't know if that's just a placebo. Yeah. I think that here, because I used to, because for years I was so bad plucking in between my eyebrows, I think it, it just got permanently red. No matter what I did, and I stopped doing she it for so long. Look at you. Yeah, I think it's actually helped smooth the pigmentation, which was the first thing she said it would do. And see, I was and like, "See, this is like a live YouTube tutorial right now, isn't it? We're getting that's right. See where you're influencing people. It's so very are odd. you going to go out and buy this cream? Because no, Sam it's so said it was overpriced. Good. <laughs> Holy Jesus! Don't go. It can't be that good. But because I just use the Clinique one at night. Yeah, like the, the moisture surge. Moisture surge, which I love, which is fantastic. It applies like yeah. a gel. Yeah, whereas I love this creme de la mer is thick. Like it is like for the nighttime one. Yeah, I mean, well, traditionally a thick cream is what you want for. But the surge, you can also get the surge in the mask, which you can leave on all night, which again is thick. Oh, see, that's too tacky for me. I can't. Oh, okay. Whereas this new one, it's thick though, and I. I don't know if I like it. I must say, once it's applied, it's fine. But anyway, <laughs> that's completely unrelated. I don't know how we got onto that. Sorry, guys. I turned into YouTube. Well, you were just trying to say that celebrities are still the influence for you, pretty much. They are still the influence for me. I, I just don't consume enough YouTube content. I've always found a lot of the. I mean, I can't apply the makeup, so I'm never going to enjoy it. Am I like, well, I'm sorry, I could, but I, I don't oh, wear makeup. Oh, could you? Maybe we need um, to put that to the test. Sorry, I, I don't have the skills to. I'm saying I have the ability to <laughs> we if can I show wish you. to. Um, so that, I guess I'm not influenced by that in any way, shape, or form. But, um, you know, 
I certainly I can appreciate talent when I see talent. I, I do think that James's talent is is certainly up there yeah. with the best. I mean, for instance, no the other day he said in a video um, that the fan brush is like the joke of the makeup industry to apply your highlight. Really? And I applied my highlight with a fan brush and I was like, oh, my God, is everyone laughing at me? When they just stop saying, immediately. Oh. Jacqueline's now telling you to apply your brush with the fan brush, your actual blush. That's one of the oh, latest yes, things. Oh, yes, that's what Lipstick Nick does, actually. Yeah. She's a makeup artist, but not the highlight. James like, it's the joke of the makeup world. Don't mm. do it. I was oh. like, oh, my God, I'm doing it all wrong, James. <laughs> See, so I'm going to ask him when he gets here. I'm going to ask what the joke is. Like, what's wrong with this brush? How interesting. Well, there you go. Well, that's uh, another episode. We'll wrap there, I think, and um, we'll Keep look for another. Keep you updated on the progress. Yeah, we'll presumably have a second part to this. If, if that's not the final part, then a third part maybe to wrap the third it up. Part probably after we've done the tour, maybe. True. It would be very interesting, maybe. Maybe if we uh, aren't dead midway through, we'll set up somewhere and we'll do it live on tour. Maybe we can. Aaron's looking at me like he's going to stab me in the face. Um, we need to bring right all there. the podcast equipment with us. Great. <laughs> We're doing it on the Gold Coast. It's possible. <laughs> it's only here. Um, anyway, thank you for tuning in yet again. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your favourite podcasting app or, of course, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, five stars. If not, don't leave us a rating. Leave a comment there. <laughs> if it's positive, leave it. If it's not, don't. <laughs> we will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.